You're listening to Grace and Fire, brought to you by Emerging Women. Today, my guest is Gabrielle Bernstein. Gabrielle is the New York Times bestselling author of May Cause Miracles. She appears regularly as an expert on NBC's Today Show, has been featured on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday as a next generation thought leader, and was named a new role model by the New York Times. She is also the author of the books Add More Ing to Your Life, Spirit Junkie, and the new book Miracles Now, published in April of this year, 2014. Gabby is also the founder of HerFuture.com, a social networking site for women to inspire, empower, and connect. And she is a feature presenter at the 2014 Emerging Women Live conference in New York City. In today's episode, Gabby and I spoke about what she means by everything happens for a reason, shining light on the darkness of fear with our sense of responsibility and purpose, working with affirmations and always showing up with presence, making forgiveness a practice, and finally surrendering and letting the universe take over. Here's my conversation, leading with purpose and presence with the powerful and fierce Gabrielle Bernstein. Hi, and welcome, Gabby. Welcome, happy to be here. So wonderful. I'm so excited that we're talking and that you're part of the Emerging Women lineup this year. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be great. You know, it's funny, when I was looking at your stuff and I came across a video of yours and I, you know, I was like, who is this person? You know, I was just sort of getting to know you virtually stalking you. And <laughs> I pulled up a video and I think I, I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but you were speaking into the video and you were kind of like leaning in and you were talking about that everything happens for a reason. And you were mm-hmm. almost like you were fierce you know, and my, I'm like, wow, I didn't, you know, this woman's fierce. And you were like, a book falls off your library shelf and it means something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this girl has got to be part of emerging women. But can you, <laughs> can you really explain that? I mean, does that really mean something if a book falls off your library shelf? Like, what do you mean by that? We're always being guided. We're always receiving a tremendous amount of guidance. And the moment that we can say words like, uh, there has to be a better way, or I, I, I'm not happy, this, I, I need help, we sign an invisible contract with the universe, with God, with spirit, whatever you believe in, and we, we, we say, show me what you got. We say, show me a better way. And that's those moments when we sign that sacred contract and accept that invitation, we open an invisible door to receive all of this guidance. And a tremendous amount of guidance comes through in very unique ways. And so one of the ways is sometimes a book falls off the shelf or we see numbers in sequence or we hear exactly what we needed to hear from a friend who is just divinely placed to tell us that story we needed to receive. And so all of that guidance is coming to us and is always available to us. We just have to open up our awareness to receive it. Mm-hmm. And every single thing is meant to be in this way. Everything that happens is communication from the universe. 
Yeah, we're always in communication with the universe at all times. I, I genuinely believe that if we're in a low vibration with negative thoughts, negative actions, and poor eating behaviors and, and addictive patterns, then we're just having a low-level conversation with the universe, and we're tracking towards us what's, what's funky out there. Uh, whereas it's quite the same, the, the opposite, when we're in a higher-level state and with a higher-level conversation and intention, we are in a conversation that's very empowering with the universe, and that's when we start to receive that guidance that we so need and that's when we start to receive the resources that we need and that's when we start to receive the support that we need and the the doors that open for us and uh, a real flow of energy starts to come through our life. Is that the purpose of the book Miracles Now to get to the point where we are, because we're not always in that heightened state, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of the purposes of the book. So one of the main purposes of the book is to de-stress and create more flow. And so, and so one of the high purposes of this book is to give people very simple, do them now tangible tools that they can access at any time to reorganize their energy, shift their perceptions, move their, move their belief systems around a bit, and bring them back to that higher level presence. And as they start to elevate their presence on a moment-to-moment basis, they start to experience a completely different reaction and response from the world. And so that is our responsibility. Our happiness, our experiences, our, our life, our livelihood is, is our responsibility. And we must take it very seriously and we must take the necessary action steps to really support ourselves energetically so that we can have that flow in our life. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to get into the book. I have, you know, some favorites that I want to talk about. You have 108 techniques to increase the flow, to remove blocks, to release fear. And I want to go through some of those because I think it just really speaks to the work. And you have certain themes that we're running through. But before we do that, it is rare to find someone so early in their career so I keep using the word fierce because that's what I get from you. It's so funny because when I look at your picture, it's not what I see. But when I hear your material, your content comes through very passionately and like a laser. And I'm curious to see if you could just give us a little background. How did you come to this level of depth and focus and commitment so early in your life? I've been teaching these practices since... um since 2005, for almost a decade now, I have been a spiritual teacher. Uh, but I've been a spiritual student my whole life. I was brought up in a, uh, a home where I was brought up by a yogi metaphysician mother who brought me in and out of ashrams and taught me to meditate as a child. And uh, so this, this dialogue and this conversation and this type of content was always very, very present in my awareness and in my life. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I turned my back on it for a while. And then when I was 25 years old, I hit a big bottom. I had a quarter-life crisis. And I, I really had that turning point of looking at my life. And I was stuck in uh, drug addiction and love addiction and work addiction and, and pretty pretty screwed up at that time. But I had spiritual seeds that had been planted. And so I knew that there was a better way. And so at that point, I, I chose to, to shift gears. I got sober at that time and then picked up my spiritual roots in my meditation practice and uh, have been cultivating a great inner awareness ever since. And so the fierceness that you uh, are speaking of, I believe, is really just my commitment to 
God and my commitment to spirit and my commitment to uh, a world beyond our physical sight. And I am at a place in my own spiritual awareness that I genuinely believe, and, and this isn't for everybody, so if the listener that's hearing this is um, taken out by this, I, I apologize, but it's my truth, which is I genuinely believe that we choose our, our bodies and our experiences so that we can come back and learn great lessons so that we can teach them. And so I'm going to do whatever I can with this physical presence that I have been given so that I can be an extension of the truth that I have learned. And that fierceness comes because I have such a strong conviction with what it is that I teach. And I know that this is the time where we deeply need these tools and principles to balance out the energy of these times. And so I feel a tremendous amount of responsibility to be a messenger and to speak loud. Mm. Yeah, I love the loudness of your message. And please don't hold back. Not that you would. Doesn't sound like you're going to um, during this um, interview because we really want to feel you. And it's interesting that you talk a lot about choosing love. And again, you just said we choose, you know, what our lessons are for this world and at this lifetime. And that is kind of a hot topic when people have very, you know, intense tragedies that that happened to them and they're trying to make sense of, God, did, you know, did I bring this on myself? And can you talk a little bit about that since it is so hot and see if you can help us really understand what you're saying when you say that we choose that which shows up in our lives? So I believe that our life, now some of us have been dealt more difficult decks of cards, right? Mm -hmm. Some of us may have been given very difficult circumstances. But we have powerful examples, such as Gandhi or Nelson Mandela, or people who have overcome great, great, great trauma to to only step out and become great leaders. So I think that in those instances where you may individually feel like a victim or feel like you have really just been dealt this really crappy deck of cards, why don't you turn to your predecessors who have been the voices and the leaders who have come before us? And recognize that in within you, and recognize that Mandela within you, that you know, that, that 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 the other recognize that the other person is you, that you have the capacity to really step out in that greatness and and have the in, through your own healing and your own practice of perceiving love and your own practice of forgiveness and your own spiritual experience, you can be a guide too. And mm-hmm. so that that I think is one of the clear ways to look at some of the difficult ways that we show up for life. But, but ultimately, uh, so much of, of what happens, whether it be a traumatic experience that's very, very, very scary or traumatic experience that may be somewhat simple, we have an, op- an option in both situations. We can lean on the, the spiritual principles of forgiveness and we can lean on our desire to, to change our perceptions and we can use prayer and meditation as a, as a mechanism for healing. Or... We can be angry. We can be resentful. We can carry that anger and victim mentality around with us for decades. And, and those are the choices that we make. And by no means am I saying that we should spiritually bypass our discomfort. I believe that a lot of the healing that we must go through comes through feeling our feelings and going to the depths of those feelings. Um, they're being trained to teach emotional freedom technique, which is otherwise known as tapping, and being, to just feel it, to just go there and feel it. And then as you feel it, you will heal. And in that healing, you can come out the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then 
let's talk a little bit about fear because it just seems like that is such a paralyzing force. And in order to get the flow going and to actually feel like I'm open to the messages of the universe, sometimes I myself feel like I can get completely stuck in this fear zone. Why is it that you focus on fear? It seems to be that I'm not the only one. But what is it about that fear and love opposites that feels juicy for you in this book? You know, I think that, that fear is one of the ma- main, main stories and main reasons that we block that presence of power. We block our greatness. Mm-hmm. And a huge message throughout the book that I think really combats fear in a big way is that the book is really also set up like a teacher's manual, mm-hmm. and it's designed in such a way that we that I'm that as the author I'm empowering the reader to master the lessons in their own life so that they can be an expression of those truths. And so when we take on the responsibility of becoming a teacher in whatever form that means for us, not necessarily meaning that we have to go get a micro, microphone or go write a book. But being a teacher to our children, or being a teacher to our coworkers, or being a teacher to our loved ones, uh, when we accept that call, what happens is that we have this really interesting relationship to fear, where we have to look at our fear and say, "Well, I've got work to do here, and that's my responsibility, that's my purpose, that's my intention, and you know, I, I'm choosing not to let this this energy stand in the way." When we start to have a greater sense of responsibility and service. That, that that can shine so much light on that darkness. Mm. And I also believe that we have to be in the process of unlearning and remembering. So unlearning the fears that we chose to believe in as children and we chose to pick up and we chose to carry on and remember the love and the light that we are. And that unlearning and remembering comes to us all in many different forms. For some people, they may come to become a student and a follower of emerging women and they learn from the teachings that you provide. Or some people might start reading my books. Some people might, uh, you know, find a Buddhist path. Or some people might, but whatever spiritual path you are led to, that is your opportunity to go through the process of unlearning and remembering. And so when you find that guidance to that path, show up for it and use the tools that you are given. Yeah, I think at some point in the book, or I've heard you say this in your material, that fear and love are opposites. And it's not necessarily so obvious, you know, when one thinks about that. What's the interplay between yeah, fear and you love? Know, I'm, I'm a student and a teacher of a metaphysical text called A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. And A Course in Miracles teaches that fear and love do not, cannot coexist, right? That, 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 that one is the opposite of the other. And, and where there is love that will cast out all, all fear. And so the, the fear that we choose is, is the separation from love. It's the disconnect from love. Mm-hmm. When we start to bring that loving perspective back in, we remember that fear is no longer real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a practice. It's a practice and it's a commitment. And it's a, it's a mind, it's a reprogramming and a mind training, which is you know, really what A Course in Miracles is. It's, an, it's a mind training. And so these lessons come to us as we open our mind to receive the guidance. And when you say love, what kind of love? Are you thinking self-love or love for others? Love in general for the universe? For you know, um, love in this case being the presence of inspiration, the presence of intuition, the presence of an empowering voice within, the presence mm-hmm. of, 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 of 
God, if you, if you, if you understand what that means to mm-hmm. you. And so we need to get to a place where we start to raise our, uh, relationship to that voice. And, you know, I wrote miracles now for the people because, you know, through my own 10 years now of being through this unlearning and remembering, I have been in a process of really um, moving from at one point living in darkness and then having fleeting moments of light to now living in the light with fleeting moments of darkness. And so my hope and my intention for my readers is to, through these tools and practices, live one moment at a time in more and more light. And so that their experience is that they too live in the light with those fleeting moments of darkness. Mm-hmm. And so that, once again, is, comes with our commitment and our conviction. And of course, the miracle says that miracles arise out of conviction. So it's our conviction that brings forth that truth and those miracles and that mm-hmm. commitment to love and that voice of love starts to be raised and the volume of that voice starts to be raised and amplified and the volume of that fear-based voice starts to become weaker and smaller and softer. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that as you continue to practice this, that, and it sounds like this has happened in your own life, but that fear actually takes on a different texture and a feeling that it becomes more, I don't know, subtle or harder to identify? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. It's like we no longer, this, people say, well, do you still get fearful? And the answer is, of course I do, but I'm not, I don't believe in that fear anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it, is the fear there? Yes. But do I believe in it? No. And so that's a big, big, big deal. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So it's just there and you would experience it, but you're not, it's not running your life or you're not paralyzed and you're moving through it. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like a lot of things are fear. I guess this is what I'm trying to get at. It seems when you think about it, anxiety is fear, stress is fear, self-doubt is it seems like that fear is such a big part of... Yeah, so, almost... so whenever we're in like a place of judgment or attack or separation or doubt or, or littleness, that's fear. That's all fear-based. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the difference. Everyone listening knows the difference between when they're in a place of, of low-level anxiety and tension and fear versus a place of, of committed passion and, and, and love and faith, right? And so the antidote to fear is faith, and that comes with our commitment to that faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's a couple of things that I just stuck out and they're different numbers. But number 12 of your techniques illustrates the principle that all minds are joined. Please talk about that. Yeah. This is a message from A Course in Miracles, which is really like, you might think that you're sitting at your desk, you know, being so kind and, and appropriate, but your thoughts are, I hate my boss, I hate my boss, I hate my boss the energy from that thought is exuding off of your physical presence and that energy is being picked up and that energy is, is enforcing what your experience is. That's, you know, so your experience is not necessarily based on your action and, and what you say or what you, uh, or what you do, but actually how you be. The energy that comes from you is what is the true expression of your experiences. And so the work that we must do as spiritual students is start to clean up our thoughts to the best of our ability through practices like forgiveness and prayer and meditation so that we can then come out the other side, clear the energy because the thoughts hold the energy. And as we clear the thoughts, we clear the energy experiences. So all minds are joined means that your thoughts are being felt 
miles and miles away. You know, I was mad at somebody this past week for something they did that I thought was really uncool. And I'm not responding necessarily with words or with emails or letting her know how I feel, but I'm telling you, she knows exactly how I feel mm. just because of how strong my energy is. And that can be very manipulative too, so we have to be very careful with that. So here's my question with that. You talk about forgiveness and other practices, but you never talk about affirmations. And I would love for you to speak about that because usually when people want, you know, they I say- I actually uh, have a way of, of working with affirmations that uh, is, a, is really helping emphasize the importance of the energy work, not just the verbal work. Because using it, saying an affirmation and reading an affirmation carries a tremendous amount of power because words have so much power. But we have to make sure that we're not just throwing the words over the negative, funky feelings. And that the real, that we use the words in essence to change the feeling. Because the feeling is what is attracting. The, the vibration of the way you feel is what is attracting your likeness. So, the best way to use an affirmation is to make sure you're using affirmations that create a feeling within you, that, 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 that really elevate you on a visceral level. Mm-hmm. And so I have, actually do use affirmations a lot. I have a, an affirmation alarm clock app called Spirit Junkie Alarm Clock app where you can set an affirmation to wake you up in the morning. Rather than waking up to your crazy emails or your text messages, you can wake up to this affirmation. And to set yourself up to win with those empowering words from the onset of the day. I believe in the power of words. I believe in the power of intentions. And so whatever affirmations you're using, make sure that you're emotionally and spiritually connected to them so that they create a feeling within you that can be uh, really, that can carry you. And that feeling is, is what attracts, like uh, attracts what it is that you desire towards you or at low levels what you don't want. So use words and affirmations that elevate you and bring you up so that you can start to really feel the presence of that greatness in your life. Okay, and is it possible to just focus on the feeling and the state of consciousness and not so much on the words? Absolutely. I think the words are just symbols, right? So okay. the words are there to help come to that feeling. But if we don't, but it's even better if we can get to the feeling without the words. That's what I feeling. was thinking. I mean, I just sometimes when I'm in the affirmations, the words distract me from actually feeling the state of consciousness. So for me, I just sort of go right for the feeling and don't even do the words, but I'm just curious to see if that's still a technique that's valid. Seems like it. Yeah. I mean, I I really genuinely believe that we must, you know, be in that presence of really uh, owning our, emotional state and owning our, 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 the presence of our energy. And that's actually the second lesson, the main, main purpose of the book of Miracles Now as well is, is, is to give people the greater understanding that their presence is their greatest source of power. Mm-hmm. And if your presence, Yogi Bhajan said, if your presence doesn't work, neither will your words. And so we, you know, huge part of this book and the intention for this book is to help readers start to really know the difference between their power presence and their low-level presence mm-hmm. and to start to show up just with their presence. You don't actually have to always show up with your words or your perfect suits or your perfect look and your perfect hair. It's much more how do you present yourself from, from an energetic standpoint? What is mm-hmm. the presence? What's the energy imprint that you're leaving on the space that you enter into? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Make forgiveness a practice. Talk to us about that. Self-forgiveness, forgiveness of others. Both, both. You know, I think one of my greatest virtues is that I forgive myself every moment. You know, it's a constant dance of forgiveness that I am mm. in with my, my own state and mind. You know, there's constant, every moment offers me an opportunity to check out, to feel disconnected, to feel not good enough, to feel like I should have done something different or better, uh, or I'm, I'm not like that person that I'm seeing, you know, out on Instagram or whatever we do. And so through the practice of forgiveness, we can unlearn those fears and dwell in that, in that space of love and that energy of love and that voice of love starts to become very loud within us. And so uh, forgiveness is, can be a little overwhelming for people, but I like to teach forgiveness from the perspective that it's not so much about what we do, it's much more about uh, really opening up to the desire to forgive. And with that willingness and desire to forgive, we are given all the resources that we need. That's when maybe a person comes back into our life when we needed to confront them or a fearful situation takes over and we have to show up for it and learn the lesson that we needed to learn or a book comes into our life. So having the willingness to forgive is the greatest, greatest opportunity to create that change. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just ask, this is something that I feel that a lot of women in our audience are overcoming this or they're working on this, but not, you know, feeling fearful about asking for what we want. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that if we if we want to receive great support in life, we have to learn how to get into the habit of asking for it. And once again, asking with an energy of desperation creates a weird, bizarre response. Whereas <laughs> right. asking with clean energy that is filled with love and compassion and, and, and release, right? I think asking with a sense of release, release of outcome and release of tension, that will, that ask will be well received. And so if someone's afraid of asking, just rather than being afraid, being afraid of asking, just learn to ask with an intention that is clean. And then you can trust and know that if that intention is clean behind what you're asking for, what you know, you can, you can genuinely know that what you'll receive back will be clean. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you mean by surrender. You have that throughout the book. And, you know, it's one thing to communicate with the universe and really understand what the signs are. And I think that somehow the surrender part is the toughest part. You know, once you get a sign, okay, now I have to do this, and you don't want to do it, and you really have to keep making that trusting step. How do you actually stop the will from directing your life and really surrendering and letting the universe do that for you. Yeah, you know, surrender really comes through prayer. And mm. we have to get ourselves into a constant contact with our inner guidance system. And as we start to cultivate that connection and that awareness that comes that comes through prayer, daily intention setting and a prayer, we we can really let go and allow. So for me, I don't think surrender comes from, you know, dropping everything or some radical act. Surrender for me comes through a prayer of conviction. Mm -hmm. So I wake up every day and I surrender my day over to a power greater than me. I say, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? This is a prayer from A Course in Miracles. And I just say, show me what you got. Take it over. And that's when we step aside, we get out of the way, we surrender our will and allow power greater than ourselves to take over. And that is 
by far one of the the simplest things to do that we make it so hard. It is hard. Why is it so hard? Because we don't believe in it because our ego believes that we have to control. Our ego believes that we have to make things happen. Our ego believes that, that, that we need to, you know, push and scream and, 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 and force things to occur. And, and that belief system is what really, really keeps us stuck in the dark. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's our responsibility to really learn how to navigate that belief system in a different way. Mm-hmm. But don't you think there is a sort of a grace and grit combo? That we have I to believe actually... that, 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 you know, prayer without action is kind of nothing, and action without prayer is nothing, right? So, so we have to combine our spiritually aligned action. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to take action from a place of intuition, not from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. And so I, I take a lot, you know me well yeah. enough now to know that I am an, action-oriented woman. Holy moly. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but every action I take comes from a very intuitive place. Right. I check in with my spirit, check in with my spirit guide, check in with the angels. I say, would you have me do this? When I send out an email newsletter, I put on my mantras as I press send. When I post a tweet, if it doesn't feel connected, I delete it. Every action I take has to feel connected to my highest, my highest presence and my highest mm-hmm. truth. And if it doesn't, then I will do whatever it takes to uh, release it or forgive it or take it back. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's a question. It's personal. A lot of what's in the book and just in your work in general is to really, you know, raise your vibration, raise that communication with the universe, get into that receiving state. And in order to do that, there's, you don't want to be, like you said, eating super low vibration food or hanging around people that are not, you know, in your best interest or, you know, having habits that are bad. I mean, you seem to lead a very clean lifestyle. I'm just curious to I see do. if you, yeah. Do you have any bad habits? Um, yeah, you know, I, I've been sober almost nine years. So I just keep clearing more and more. I just got rid of sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a bad habit is, going off, you know, going off the reservation sometimes in the, in the, with the chaos, you know, like little things can still make me frazzled and, you know, it's a little, it's a little stuff that just takes me out. Whereas the big stuff I've totally got, got under control, you know, right. That's a bad habit. You know, I think I can definitely have a bad habit of being like very, very um, focused and work and career and building this, this uh, movement that I'm creating and, you know, co-creating with everyone around me. And, not focus enough on how much fun I have. And so there's actually a lesson in Miracles Now called measure your success based on how much fun you're having. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, I I, I made that my New Year's resolution one year because, you know, my husband's really, really fun. And he he teaches me a lot about, you know, how to create more fun, whether he goes and just see live music or art or, you know, just he's really into fashion. And so I just started to like, thank God I married this person who just keeps me grounded in the world. And mm-hmm. um, reminds me that it doesn't, it's not all about, you know, how, how much, how many people can I wake up? It's all about how much fun can I have while I do it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time today. This has been a, it's like your book, very focused and 108 techniques and super power punched. So I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to spending time with you in October. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be wonderful. Take care, Gabby. Thanks so much. Thank you.